congregation to come every night, and, and the food's been outstanding. I want to thank you ladies for your hard work and labor of love, and it's just been a blessing. I think I've gained five pounds at least this week. I thought I lost 15 before I came, but I think I'm back where I was. Now the pants are tight again. Anyway, we'll maybe loosen them on the way home. But anyway, it's been a blessing to be here with you all. And uh, it's nice to know that God has people in this part of the world reaching out to other parts of the world. You know, we live in a real wicked world, literally. I mean, I've traveled all over the world, and I know what's going on out there. And I know that the devil is working overtime to destroy people. He really is. You know, we read in James where we talk of wars and rumors of wars. Our world is at war all the time, but the main war is the spiritual war against God. Uh, man is fighting, to, and the devil's helping him fight God. And the sad truth is it's our responsibility to take the gospel still to every creature and to do what God's told us to do. And we need to be faithful according to the book, the book of Revelation, faithful unto death. I mean, he can't kill you. Did you know that? Satan has no power to destroy you unless God says so. He has no power over you. The Bible says, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So we have all power on our side. And so we just need to plug into the power supply and keep on plugging. Amen. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, I want you to read with me verse uh, 33 when I get there, but I'm going to start at verse 31. Well, let me back up a little further. Verse 25, I'll start there. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are they not much better than, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things now together. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, tonight as we open your word and preach your word, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would pour out your blessing, your love on each one that's here. Father, for those that are not able to be here, I pray you would 
you'd be with them and strengthen them, encourage them, and lift them up. I, I just thank you and praise you for this church and what it means in this corner of thy vineyard. I thank you, Lord, for Brother Roy and his wife and their dedication to come here and to work and to labor, and the men and women of this church that are faithful to do the work of God in this corner. And Lord, I just praise you for what you're doing, but I also praise you for what you're about to do, Lord. So much more needs to be done. Help us to be found faithful doing those things which would honor you the most and will give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, somebody made a comment one time. They said, we have all the money that we need to reach the world. The problem is it's in your pocket. Anyway, Apostle Paul said this in Romans 1.14. I'm a debtor. I have more than I can wear. Their feet and hands and heads are bare. I have more than I can eat. They die with hunger in the street. My life knows love of noble souls. Their hearts are thirsty, empty bowls. I worship Jesus, risen Lord, but they have never heard his word. These things let me remember when cries from the needy rise again. The author of that is unknown, but most of the world has never heard of Jesus Christ. Over 75% of the world has never even seen a Bible. Think about that a minute. That's incredible. Most of the people in this world, they never even knew he came the first time, let alone that he's coming again. We as a believer have the responsibility to make him known throughout all the earth. We're supposed to be faithful and to give out the word of God and to live for God. John 10 tells us, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Uh, Luke 6.38 tells us to give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. We are to give of ourselves first to the Lord, according to uh, 2 Corinthians 8. We read that the other night. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then unto unto the disciples. As we give ourselves to the Lord, God directs our life to the service for him. I, I just praise God for the way that he works in our lives because he, he knows each one of us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our everything about us. And so he's able to maneuver us and cause things, circumstances in our lives to bring us to a place where we will give, do what God said to do eventually. I mean, He's going to bless us if we get in line for the blessing, you know. It's like um, I tell people, you know, if you want to get in line for the blessing, just do what God said to do. The Bible says a good understanding how have all they that do his commandments. I mean, if you want a good understanding of the Bible, get busy doing what God said to do, amen? You, you'll get a better understanding if you do those things. Turn with, you, with me to... Um, Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, please. That's in the Old Testament, Roy. Anyway, Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you to look at some things here. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture here tonight. I know it's it's early. (laughs) What time? I don't know, but it's early. Anyway, now these are the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord... God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land wherewith he had to possess it. Is that what I want? 
I don't know. Let me look again. Nope. I'm sorry. It's Deuteronomy 28. Sounded pretty good, though, otherwise. Yeah, we're pretty close there. Yeah, that's not bad. Somewhere in Deuteronomy. Anyway, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6. That's what it was. This shall come to pass. If thou hearken diligently, that's the important word, unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Why is America blessed? Because we were founded on the principles of the word of God. And America is the biggest giver of ever, send missionaries. And God has blessed America because America has been a blessing to the world. But he, he won't continue that if we turn our back on him as we're doing. Anyway, it goes on to say in, 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 uh, in uh, this passage here, the commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt the be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle in the increase of thy kind and in the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy baskets in thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. I get from this passage that God does want to bless us. Amen? He's interested in us being blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. You know, you can't, you can't be a blessing and you can't give what you don't have. And the best way to, to get from God is to ask him. He says, you have not because you what? Ask not. If God wants something done, and you know it, that he, want, he wants done, and you say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do, and I'm asking you to supply the need. Do you think he will? Sure he will. I mean, this church didn't get built by accident. Somebody prayed it into existence. Wildwood Baptist Church, where I go, there were two widow ladies. They had the two pieces of rug carpet samples that they used. They called them their prayer rugs. They prayed that church literally into existence. They prayed for God to send a man of God to the city of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, to start an independent Baptist church. And uh, my pastor, Howard Nelson, and his brother showed up, and they started a church. And these two women were the first members of the church. And, of course, they prayed more, and then, of course, there were other people started coming, and for a while, then his brother had to get out of the ministry because of various reasons. I don't remember what. But uh, my, my pastor, Howard Nelson, he pastored a church with all women, except for him, and, you know, and they called it Howie's Harem for a while, but... <laughs> You know, God uses women, amen? And these women had power in prayer. Now, these two widow ladies that prayed the church into existence, by the way, God hears the prayer of a widow lady. I'm telling you, I would rather have one widow lady praying for me than 500 people that aren't widows because God is the father of the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and God meets the needs of the widow, amen? And so I, ju I just know that, and... Anyway, it wasn't long. God began to bless the church and gave them more people, and then they outgrew the building they had, and they 
finally built another building, and now we've outgrown that, and we've added another building. We've got a new auditorium. We were running around 500 before we built the auditorium. We had a, you know, we are probably one of the largest Baptist churches in the state of Wisconsin now. God has blessed that. Why? Because somebody prayed. I remember going to a, a village in Mexico, and there were two people in that village that prayed for nine years for God to send somebody to that village. They prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And one day, this big diesel bus with myself, Carlos Demarest, and about 29 or 30 other people on this bus pulled into the city of Ejido Constitucion. You've been there. And we pulled in, and we didn't know where to go. It's a town of about 5,000 people. And we pulled into by this little house that uh, it looked like, a, I don't know, a little mud hut, basically. It was about 15 feet square, and uh, it was all made out of adobe, had a dirt floor. And we pulled up in front of this little house, and this little bitty short lady about that tall, about that wide, she come out and she say, looked at the bus. And she just kept looking. And then we got off the bus and Carlos came up and we went up. And she, and she said, why are you here? And he said, we're looking for the village president so we can get permission to have an open air meeting in this village. We want to tell you about Jesus. And she stood there for a second and she goes, praise God. And she yelled, Jose, Jose, Jose. And she ran off in the back of the building looking for Jose, her husband. He comes running around with a hoe. He thought somebody was going to kill his wife. And he was going to defend her. And they talked for a little bit. And she went that way. And he went that way. And Carlos looked at everybody. And he said, I don't know what I said, but I guess we got to just wait. A few minutes later, they came back. And we have permission. We, and then they heard the story. We've been praying for nine years for somebody to come here and preach the gospel. We set up across the street in an open field with an open-air meeting. We had a sheet on the side of the bus. We showed a film. We had preaching. We had over two. Well, we had about an hour of visitation. I think we had over 500 people show up. Pretty, pretty shallow. But anyway, that's a lot of people. We had over 250 people saved that night. And uh, a missionary that was with us, he was a missionary God called in Mexico. His name was Eldon Tudor. He didn't know where God wanted him in Mexico, but that night he went forward and surrendered to be the missionary and teach those people the word of God. And he gave his life. He's, his wife died down there. I mean, he's, he's up my age now. They're getting old. And anyway, there's a church down there that they have a Bible college. They have sent missionaries to other countries out of that church. They've, they've evangelized hundreds of villages from that church through the, with the groups that have come down. Literally thousands of people have been saved because two people prayed. Two. Prayer is a powerful tool. You know, your prayers can't be answered if you don't pray them. Prayer, prayer God, God hears the prayer, and God really hears the prayer of widows. And so we need to pray that God would raise up laborers, but God prays up. Pray that God will raise up you in such a way that he'll bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. That's the key. God wants to use us for his glory. He wants us to, by love, serve one another and be a blessing one to another, but even so, more so, be a blessing from this place out into the world around us 
so that when people see us, they don't see us. They see the Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the Christ in us. It's the love of Christ, Paul said, that constrains me to do the will of God. And when you're in the will of God, doing the work of God, God supplies your needs, I guarantee you. And God will, will offer, you know, do much more. You and I need to offer ourselves sacrificially, say, God, use me. I've given my life to you. Now take me and mold me and shape me into be the vessel you want me to be and fill me with your word and fill me with your power that I might go forth and witness to a lost and dying world. We need to give God the, the, the privilege of having that said by ourselves. We need to prove his love to others by being the kind of testimony he wants us to be. Does, you know, people wonder sometimes, I, you think, I ask people, do you think God wants to bless you? Well, I hope so, they'll say. <laughs> no, I know he wants to bless you. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, he is not, he's, he's not afraid to help us, amen? And he is powerful enough to do it. He has the power to give us wealth. I want you to look at a passage in, uh, oh, where am I going with that, Jim? Okay, I got it now. Never mind. I'm, my mind's going a million miles an hour. You don't have these problems. First Chronicles chapter 28. <clears throat> David, David speaking to Solomon, his son. He said in verse 20 of chapter 28, And David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, shall be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work of the house service of the house of the, of the Lord. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God. And there shall be with thee for all manner of workmanship, every, notice this, willing, skillful man. For any manner of service also the princes and all the people will be holy at thy commandment. Furthermore, David, the king said, Unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things of gold to be made of gold, things of the, and the silver for the things of silver, to, and, of bra, and the brass for things of brass, and the iron for things of iron, and the wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistening stones and of diverse colors and all manners of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given, uh, <clears throat> given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the house, holy house. Even the 3,000 talents of gold, that's a lot of gold, amen, and uh, of opium, 7,000 talents of refined silver and overlay to overlay the walls of the houses there uh, that withal. Anyway, he goes on, and then verse 5, he goes on, he says, and the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Then he goes, the chief and the fathers and the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave the service to the house of God of gold 5,000 talents. 
and goes on and on, talks about all that they gave. In verse 9, it says, And the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly. You see, that's the key. Because the, with perfect heart, they offered willingly unto the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. You know, in verse 14 of chapter 29, it says, David's speaking again, and he says, But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come from of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. You ever think about everything you have? It's not yours. God gave it to you. He gave it to you so you can be a blessing to others and use what you have for others. And I know several, many of you do that. But God wants to use us in a powerful tool, as a powerful tool to reach a lost world. Let God be your source. I mean, if you don't have something, ask God for it. Because he said he would meet all our needs according to his riches and glory. If you have a need, he will supply that need. I guarantee it. There's no doubt in my mind. It's like that little card I give out, the get out of hell free card. I tell people when they get it, I say, this is a free ticket been paid for by Jesus Christ. If you do what it says, I guarantee you that I'll see you in heaven if you mean it with all your heart. A lot of truth in that because that is true. If we trust him fully, what more have we got? Amen. How could we lose? But make him your source. Remember, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Sure, God, God doesn't mind you having things. It's only when the things have you. Things control people sometimes too much. And God takes some things away from us because our, our, our eyes are on the wrong thing. We need to worship God, not things. Things don't mean anything. Things are just tools. It's like a toolbox. You, you use them. But they're just things. You have to remember that. People are important. People are more important than things. And that you need to put people first. We need to be faithful to God and put him first. We need to realize he is our supply line. Without him, we can do nothing. Uh, Secondly, we need to give by revelation instead of reason. We need to ask God, what do you want me to do? Well, that's a pretty good question. God, what do you want me to do? And then wait for him to tell you. And when he tells you, be willing to do it. Like David said to Solomon, my son, be strong and do it. Do it, do it, no matter what, do it. You say, well, I, I can't afford to do it. You can't afford not to do what God tells you to do. There's the dangerous thing to be running from God and not doing the will of God. You need to do what he tells you to do. We need to channel ourselves and make ourselves a channel of blessing. I, I, in my lifetime, I have probably given away, oh, maybe over 100 printing presses. I have trained about, nine, nine, oh, about 90 men in the ministry and some women to print the Word of God. I, the more I've given, the more God keeps giving me. I'm afraid to give something away because I might get some more. I hate to say it that way, but I do know that he made me a channel of being a blessing to others. And then when they asked me to come to Africa to teach printing to these guys because the missionary that was there, his wife got very sick and they had to leave the field, but he never trained anybody how to use the equipment that he brought with him. So I prayed about it and and I went 
to teach them how to run their equipment. Before I left, they were running two-color jobs on a single-color press, and they were doing a good job. And uh, God blessed that, and we, we printed over 100,000 gospel tracts while I was there, and they, they did all the work. I just watched. After I showed them what to do, they did the work, and I just, I just ate the crocodile and all the other stuff they fed me, and don't ask me what it was, some of it. Uh, they ate something like a little black minnow, about that big. These, these, the mud minnows is all they were. They buy them by the kilo. They buy a, a whole kilo of mud minnows in the market, and uh, we, I always saw them laying on the beach from the fishermen that were done. They threw them out, and uh, they would take these and boil them, and then they would make uh, take some cabbage, cut it up, and throw it in there and boil that with them, and that was their main meal, cabbage and minnows. But they didn't manage to gut those minnows, by the way. Everything in those minnows was still in those minnows. I ate that once. Oh, man. <laughs> then they had a bread they called shima. I don't know what that was either, but it was boiled dough, and it was gooey. But, you know, they were happy. God blessed them, and God blessed me for being there, and, and it was a blessing to be able to help them get the Word of God. You know, I think of Elijah when he went to the, went to the king and told him it's not going to rain until I say so, until three and a half years go by. You know, he, he's down by the brook Cherith, and the brook dries up. The ravens fed I've been fed by ravens, have you? Uh, the ravens fed him bread and flesh every day. And when it was drying up the river... He sent him to the widow, and she, she was told to make a little cake, and she did, and she never ran out of oil. She never ran out of, as long as she did what God's man said to do. She did the will of God, and God blessed her for it. When we do the will of God, God will bless us. When he said, given, it shall be given unto you, just ask him how much he wants you to give. Don't be afraid to ask God. He knows what he, you can afford, by the way. He knows everything about you. And if he tells you to give it, then give it. Not grudgingly or of necessity. We learned that last night. But be cheerful about it. I've often told people when they write me, they give me money sometimes, they'll say, I'm going to give you this money, but I really, really, I don't know if I really want to. Well, then you keep it, I tell them. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. I need God's blessing. Amen? And so do you. We all need God's blessing in our lives. We need to put God first in our living and in our giving. I just tell you this right now in closing. We have a mighty God who wants a job done, and he's not willing that any should perish, and he wants us to be thinking the same way. God's mind is he, we ought to be not willing that any should perish. We ought to be friendly. We ought to be open. Give, give the gospel out. I try to befriend everybody I run in. I've been, this week, I don't know who even I talked to, but I've given out gospel tracts to people, and I've been friendly with them, and they've all been a blessing. They've all taken the tracts. I don't know if they read them, but I challenge every one of them. And, you know, I, I leave that all up to God. My job is to sow the seed. God's job is to water it and then to make the harvest. Amen. And so we need to be faithful in giving out the seed, the Word of God, into a lost and dying world, which is, the, is, is our field. And we have a responsibility.